Did I tell you about the strange I got last night? That's the one where you sit on your hand before you masturbate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Doctor Stranger. <laughs> Counting down in five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 430 with a review of Doctor Strange. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are getting strange, talking about the latest Marvel film. Um, Stephen and I... Not broadcasting live, but we are sitting live in person, which we never do. For the first time in maybe two years of us doing the spoiler warning? Yeah, it's been, it's been a long Fury time. I think Fury was live. Was it, was it the last one we did live? I, th- I think so. Yeah, but I know, well, we've done, we've done, we, we have done some recaps live, right? I feel like the recaps are ones that we were still in person. I don't know. Anyways, for, you know, to, if people want to know how the sausage is made, <laughs> oh, we get together. Drink. Hey, what we do after the podcast is none of their business. Uh, yeah, but basically we do remote recording and uh, we all sync the audio up later. Um, but now it is, uh, you know, approaching 1230 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just got back uh, from seeing Doctor Strange and, uh, you know, we just so excited to talk about it that we decided to do this. This like right after the fact yeah, recording. Halfway through making sausage, we decided we're going to record an episode of the podcast. Hopefully, it doesn't go bad. Yeah. Well, we you know we we uh <laughs> our recovery time is, is not, <laughs> not what it used to be. So we want to take a break, a break from making. Sausage. <laughs> it's the wrong <laughs> Oktoberfest passed already, but you know we <laughs> had a hankering for vice versa. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about uh, Doctor Strange. So, uh, what do you say, Stephen? When we get into this episode, let's go for it. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for Doctor Strange, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. Doctor Strange, you think you know how the world works? What if I told you the reality you know is one of many? This doesn't make any sense. Not everything does. Not everything has to. Through the mystic arts, we harness energy and shape reality. We travel great distances in an instant. How do I get from here to there? How did you become a doctor? Study and practice. Here's the bit. There's a strength to him. But is he ready? Be careful which path you travel down, Strange. Stronger men than you have lost their way. Death and pain. You'll die protecting this world. I can't do 
There is no other way. I've spent so many years appearing through time. Looking for you. What's this, my mantra? It's the Wi-Fi I pass with. We're not savages. All right, so that was the trailer for Doctor Strange. Um, it's the story of a man named Stephen David Miller. Yep, that's me. <laughs> He's a doctor, and uh, one day he gets in a car accident that destroys his hands, which are, you know, I don't mm -hmm. know if you know anything about doctoring. And he gets addicted to Vicodin. It's <laughs> <laughs> basically a house. But then also he goes and seeks out Eastern medicine, and uh, he... Uh, Finds himself thrown into a world which he did not know existed prior to this. Being a man of science, you know, he wasn't open to the otherworldly and uh, the mystic arts of whatever. Yeah. And uh, he finds himself in with a group of people and they open his mind and his body and his soul to uh, some stuff. And our hearts a little bit. <laughs> and, and our hearts. Um, yeah, he opens his Cumberbatch <laughs> and <laughs> lets out all the magic. Uh, but yeah, so so Stephen, <laughs> why don't you start us off and let us know what you thought of Doctor Strange? Uh, so this is an interesting review because we've—I don't think we've ever done this before, where we go directly from watching a movie to recording. Yeah, maybe for Aloha we did that. <laughs> that was the episode we did, <laughs> and, and we never. Well, the problem with that one too is we—the movie was really bad, and we did a lot of drinking during mm -hmm. the movie, and it may, possibly on our way back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah that, that was just a bad idea. But this time we're m relatively, I mean, you know, we had a little drink during the film, but that was, yeah. that, it just, no, we're, that we're was a normal meal and a drink during our draft house screening. Yeah, it, it just means this hasn't had the time to simmer that maybe a, yeah. a movie normally does, where typically we'll watch it and then maybe we'll walk home and talk about it, argue for a while, and then a day or two later we'll record a podcast. Yeah, yeah. So... So let's see. Uh, going into this film, I really didn't know what to expect. I, I didn't want to get my hopes up too high because virtually every movie this year has disappointed me. Um, yeah. And Marvel films are, Marvel films are many things, but they rarely exceed the bar that I set for them. Like it, it's rare that I've watched a Marvel movie where I watch the trailer and I'm like, oh, it could be okay, and then it blows me away. Yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah, usually like it <laughs> it does what it promised to do, or it does significantly less than it promised to do. Yeah, and usually the floor is not so low, but the ceiling is still always pretty fixed. Um, this, in, I, I want to say in some ways this was extremely different from a typical Marvel movie and in other ways it was extremely extremely similar to every Marvel movie so first the differences which I think are the positives um the the visual vocabulary of this film is really cool yeah. uh, it, it kind of borrows heavily from Inception with much more of a psychedelic kind of LSD trip bent um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it steers fully into the skid of this is a magical crazy world 
the laws are not something that are known to you. You you don't know the mechanisms, which if I can predict what will make this not a perfect Schnazy movie, it's going to be that the constraints were never clearly defined, so it wasn't <laughs> clear what the characters could do. Um, but th- this was not afraid to be... I would say a Coke movie, at least in the visual visual format. You, yeah. From scene to scene, you had no idea what was going to happen. There's at least one scene that is that is the rude awakening that Strange has to this world that he's never known before. That is, I mean, it's Coke, LSD. Oh, yeah. It's, it's basically everything. Crack. It, it's a fish concert <laughs> wrapped into one beautiful Marvel cinematic moment um yeah so visually i think this film is very compelling uh it it, it's one of those things that makes me interested to see where the franchise goes i also i think benedict cumberbatch is a very engaging personality and he pulls that off here uh as well yeah and when he's trying to be an asshole you're still like oh i feel for you a little bit exactly (laughs) and say what you will about this movie but it is not about a bunch of people in the un talking about whether superheroes should be able to use magic right (laughs) (laughs) this this does not do that are you taking a knock against uh civil bro i'm taking a knock the other yeah yeah, civil bro this this is not civil bro yeah uh, for sure with that said there are a lot of things that felt if if not phoned in, at least they felt extremely similar to other properties, both Marvel and otherwise. For one, this is an origin story. And like most of these first Marvel films, at least half of it feels like it's devoted just to showing us how Doctor Strange became Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh, Which I, I think actually, if I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself and try to like help this film too much. But I think that uh, because... This is the first time that this isn't this isn't like super, like gods and superheroes. This isn't uh, mutants. This is for the first time we're dealing with magic. So yeah. I feel like of all the origin stories and re-origin stories that we've seen so far, I think this is the one that most deserved an origin story. Sure. Not necessarily because of the character himself, but just because the the this is the first time this universe is being smashed up against the rest of it, at least in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's the first time we're dealing with magic. Mm-hmm. So it feels like we do sort of need a proper introduction to the magical realm because it's not just like laser beams from eyes or the ability to heal. This is like mystic arts that um, this power is coming from. Right. Uh, no, I can, I can see the need for it. There was a quote that I really liked from, I, f- I forget who, I think it was maybe David Edelstein. Uh, he said, origin stories are like subtitles. Nobody wants them, but you need to have them for people to understand what's going on. Uh, <laughs> and it, it, it just felt like, I, I guess my my problem with this particular origin story is I think the character of Doctor Strange before his conversion to uh, the magical arts is fairly empty like it, it seems like a very one-dimensional portrait. It, in my mind, he is Doctor House in every respect, down to the way he talks. Maybe yeah. this is just the way British actors do American accents. <laughs> but it, it literally was like he—he's a doctor. He's an asshole. He's arrogant. He's the best at what he does, and that makes him extremely cocky. It—it it, it does make you wonder though, because if they would have just cast Hugh Laurie, 
made him actually be Dr. House. He's already has the problem with his leg, right? Yeah. And the addiction to pain. He already has a reason to go off and this could have been like the end of House. Well, exactly. Instead and of riding he, off on a motorcycle. Well, and House <laughs> already has parallels to Sherlock. So I feel like they live in the same universe, yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah. Um, but so the the beginning of the film, at least, with his character of Doctor Strange, it, it, it seemed almost like a parable where they are only trying to set up this is the worldly man who believes himself to know everything and he's going to be confronted with faith and mysticism and it'll force him to broaden his mind. And that, t- for me, that felt a bit cute. Like all, all of those scenes, I was just kind of waiting, like, okay, when's the, when's the cool Inception stuff going to happen? Yeah. yeah. Um, it, just because it, it's establishing something that I feel like you could have told in shorthand without having the 20 minutes or whatever of him being a douchebag that it yeah. required. And, and then I feel like other, at a character level in this movie, I don't feel like many people are built up much like his character is built up a bit but he kind of borrows iron man's uh self-deprecating humor and arrogance so kind of every moment where there might have been an emotional payoff then there's always a joke that undercuts it which is kind of the marvel tone but it i I felt it very consciously here where every scene would have one goofy joke that didn't feel like it belonged in that universe yeah yeah Uh, and then the, the villains, I think, are fairly weak, right? This, again, almost every first Marvel film has this problem where the, like, they're... They're supposed to be weak, though, because where the villains are deriving their power <laughs> is from a place where, like, they aren't really all completely of their own volition doing the actions they're doing. So mm-hmm. really, it's just like a manifestation of the power of the dark. Whatever. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I, th- I think it's because <laughs> they know they have to devote three quarters of the film to the hero becoming the hero, so they have to set up a villain that can be brought up and defeated within like 15 minutes yeah i mean there it, it, even, even like the montage of him learning right there, there's like one point where like he can't even build like a little swizzle stick uh portal and yeah. the next scene is like crafting weapons out of nothing and it's exactly. like uh, like I, I i get that you couldn't spend that much more time on this but i could have i could have lived I, I could have enjoyed more of the hogwarts training yeah, and yeah. not just like straight the you know patronus casting and and i think that is a fundamental difference between him and uh, tony stark who both are originally arrogant men who have tons of money and feel like they've ruled the world, who get put in a predicament that requires them to humble themselves and learn some new skill. Uh, But Tony Stark never needed that learning curve. It was like he was already amazing at everything. And when he needs to become Iron Man, he becomes Iron Man, and he's amazing at being Iron Man. You know, it's funny. Sorry, when you're talking about like both the characters being like these rich kind of assholes and stuff, the one thing like the, the one thing I've never seen before, which I, in my head immediately strung as like a sign of like opulence, is just like the, his his watch drawer. Yeah. <laughs> so he has this drawer that he opens, and it has I don't know like thirty watches in it, but mm-hmm. each watch is in its own little cubbyhole, and they rotate. Yeah. I don't know if that's the, well. Like, that was footage left over from Hugo that they wanted. <laughs> to put to use <laughs> no but like seriously like when i saw that i was like <laughs> i don't know why but i know that he has like the sweetest pad in the world sure. at the top of a high rise yeah he has with his, like, leather cap. yeah he's got he's got the piano the grand piano all this stuff all these suits but for some reason the watches just like it's a special drawer mm-hmm. for presenting watches to himself it's not a display case where other people can see these watches it's just for him and i was like that just seems like the most rich, stupid thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, and not to not to spoil the way that he finds himself in the predicament that requires him to learn the magical arts, but his driving does not seem like 
what a careful scientific yeah. doctor would yeah, yeah. choose to drive at. I, I, there were some aspects of his character that I didn't fully understand. I, I, I am actually going to spoil that though, because he has a he has a Galaxy Note Seven, <laughs> <laughs> and he really seemed like an iPhone guy to me. Um, no, anyway, sorry. I, he clearly loves design with all the watches. But anyway, once we get past that, the establishment of the character and the repeated need in the first half of the movie to bring in his old character with his old foibles of, oh, but the world is all science and I know everything and you know nothing and I'm, yeah. I'm going to be rude. Um, as a hero, he's really cool. And one thing that I think makes him very cool is he, along with us, are discovering what he can do. Yeah, yeah. And because magic is this whole genre that they haven't explored before, there's no telling where the story can go next. Yeah, yeah. So, so whenever it becomes this act of mystical discovery where maybe he's in the mirror realm or he's uh, in a place with mystical objects or learning spells for the first time, I think the film totally succeeds, almost in a way that Harry Potter failed to succeed. When, when Harry Potter shows magic, they're kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, you have wands and stuff shoots out. You, you, don't, you, you don't care. Let's get to the fighting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this really steers into what the hell can you do with magic? So I, I would say this was a, a satisfying film, uh, a good Marvel movie. I don't know if it stands alone well so much as makes me excited for what they'll do with him in the second film. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. So I, I will say that like, I, I very much enjoyed this film. I had a great time with it. Uh, it was actually kind of funny because you know, I was telling you beforehand, like, I was really excited for the film. And I didn't want to be excited because I was super worried about how this was going to turn out. Um, not because I'm familiar at all with the character, but just because the level of I, I excited I was, like you said, could not... Li like, too many of the films are not as good as you would hope they would be. So mm -hmm. I was just trying to like, just, like, just, please, just please be, be decent enough. Um, but but th there was a moment in the film where, you know, it's like this little bit of exposition in the middle where one of the characters says something like, you know, the Avengers are off fighting these things. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is a Marvel movie. Right. Like, I was so into the movie that its attempts to remind me of the other Marvel, Marvel films took me out of the film. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just one of those, like, at two points. There's a point at the end and a point, like, third of the way through where characters reference the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. Here's a question, though. Yes. How could a man, a skeptic like Doctor Strange, exist in a world with the Avengers? A man who believes there's nothing more than humanity and science and particles. Well, Thor and those, like, most of the people are science-related, right? So Ant-Man, uh, Spider-Man... Ant-Man, uh, Tony Stark, you know, Falcon, mm -hmm. uh, like basically all the heroes are either non-powered or got their powers through science. Right. It's really only Thor and then the bad guys, yeah. <laughs> right? But even when the aliens create a portal, like in the first Avengers, like the, por the portal, there's no reason to believe that's magic, right? Mm -hmm. Like any outsider's like, oh shit, a portal, and then aliens, that just I, seems I just like science. You yeah. would think any human being who has lived to see giant blue stuff come from the sky like eight times yeah i, I would I, no longer be an ardent skeptic who thinks they know everything about the universe but no but once, once again i think there's 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 theoretically scientific there's either no explanation which everybody assumes is science because there's enough science explanations for the things we've been seeing that it feels um and even if you are arguing from the mutant standpoint that's a natural evolution of human beings right so mm -hmm. a scientist would believe in mutations of genes that blah 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 blah, blah right yeah. so i think that 
It's possible. Okay. I just think that Dr. <laughs> whatever, Master Doctor, <laughs> or whatever his name was, um, I, I think that there's there's a chance that, I mean, it is a little weird, but mm-hmm. I think I can forgive it a tiny bit. Um, let's just call it shorthand, right? Like sure. they're, they're trying to like, we just had to like, we have to explain that he's this way, get him hurt, get him to go on this journey and then try to have him learn stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I, I kind of just took it as, as shorthand. Um, in general though, like I, I really like the film and like, you're right. They, they don't do necessarily a lot to set the rules and the boundaries. Um, but we're also with a character who doesn't know what those are either. Right. He's constantly being put up against uh, other people who theoretically can exceed the boundaries that he even thinks there are. So he, he already thinks that there's way more boundaries. Then he starts to open up his mind and he's like, oh, wow, there's like a bunch of other things I can do. But then he, he encounters people who can do things that are outside the realm of what he thought they couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And like, so it's sort of, he's in this like Dragon Ball Z place where like no matter how powerful he gets, there's always somebody else that's going to do something that seems crazier than what he thought could have happened. So I think that like because the plot didn't yet need to set an, a true boundary, there's no reason for our characters to have to explain what that is because he hasn't reached the point where he has to like we haven't seen scenes that seem to break out of the norm mm. um, because the norm for us is like, holy shit, like the world is folding in on itself and getting crazy. Um, uh, yeah, like so. So as I said, I don't have any history with the character. Um, so it is interesting. I, I know it's a, it's an old character, but like it is strange to see so many visual things that relate to so many other properties. Like even properties aren't even out yet. Like his weird like lava whip things look the same as like you know the lasso truth or whatever for Wonder Woman, right? Like we've mm-hmm. seen just in the trailers for a film that's not even out. Like they're they're using that the his cape reminds me of Spawn's cape from the Spawn franchise where it's like it sort of acts on its own and can do its own things like there's um like obviously Inception with all the folding around and stuff so there's all these visual things that I don't know what borrows from what like I don't know the history of where these properties line up against all the other ones but it is kind of funny to see all these things being mashed together in one thing but it still feels nice and unique and interesting I, what I really love is, you know, I already made references to Harry Potter and stuff like that, but I really like the idea that, um, it's like, you know, there's that scene in the original, did you see the original Thor? I did not. No, I only saw the second. Okay. But you've seen the trailer for the first where he's explaining to, right, is the first, yeah, yeah, where he's explaining Natalie Portman about how, like, you know, what you guys call science and magic for us that are the same thing or whatever that line is, right? Um, Uh, there, what was I going to say with that? Um, in this film, oh yeah, the idea of like this magical energy that you actually have to draw these symbols in physical space to cast them. Like, I really like that aspect of things Mm -hmm. of where like there's this, there is all these dimensions that are all like sort of physically linked together in some weird way. And you are simply using energies from these alternate dimensions to draw these symbols which allow you to cast these spells that let you, let you cause things it was just a really awesome world to exist in and like when combat happened as crazy and frenetic as it could be it was just a lot of really interesting things that were happening on screen even though like the least interesting thing is the weird like blur sword mm-hmm. <laughs> that like the bad guys seem to like to use yeah like it was kind of under uh, under well, it's the same sto- uh, the same sword that the ring wraiths 
stab Frodo with in, in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Stephen Strange is a Balrog with his whip and everything. So. Very good, very good. Um, but yeah, so it's it uh, is one of those things where like that was kind of the least cool weapon. Um, but it was still like the first time they pull it out, you're like, oh shit. But then as they keep reusing it, you're like, really? Like, it was almost like you ever play a video game and like something breaks and the assets don't load, but you like you know something's there because it's taking up space, but like mm-hmm. it doesn't have the texture it needs to make yeah. it look correct. It's just sort of like it's almost <laughs> like that. Like somebody had turned off like the it was it was rendering the environmental effects around the weapon. See, but I think they're stabbing the him with shards from the mirror world. That would that's be interesting, I but I, I don't think that's true. But like it, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, I, I really loved that aspect to it. Um, and like I said, I, I bought into the, to the characters really fast. Like I, um, it is sort of like, as, as you said, it is sort of like here's strange. He's sort of an asshole, but he's really good at his job, but he's kind of reckless. And then he loves science and hates everything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, it felt, um, it was kind of sad to see that be such a, quick thing like oh here's shorthand he hates people and blah blah blah, blah. um but i was still invested in the character and i would love to see this <laughs> my, my go-to statement like if this was like a mini series or something like that where i could see him training and learning and finding out new cool stuff and things like that it would be really exciting but um but yeah i i had a lot of fun with it um i yeah yeah okay i'm i'm actually a little I'm only mildly surprised. I would have thought... So some of the magic, definitely the spell casting, I understand. I like, too, how they tried to synthesize. Over and over again in this movie, they try to bring together science and magic as things that are not that distinct. Yeah. Right? Like, she tells him what some people call spells, you might call a program. Like, it's a, yeah, yeah. It's a recipe, right? A thing that makes this happen. And then in this magical world, repeatedly he is still also doing actions that uh, relate back to his life as a doctor where there are physical treatments that you yeah. do and there isn't just a magical spell that is like uh, expecto healum bulletum, right? <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they, they managed to... a bullet to... that heals people instead of damage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they, they managed to do both and I think that that is really cool. It's more the, the Inception style scenes where there's the mirror world where there is no clear idea of what are the people able to do and not able to do what actions are they taking to make this happen and if they can manipulate the whole world why are they just making it gracefully fall in a way that allows characters to run away well so so that was there was there's an anime i think it's just called x um uh it's something i watched in high school and there was this thing in that it was basically the, the mirror world existed in this anime, um, and I don't know, you know, who borrowed from who or whatever, but I'm just I'm just bringing it up as a thing that I always thought was really cool. So when when evil people came to attack the city or to get in a fight, the good uh, people, the good guys, mm-hmm. would usually cast this barrier, and what it essentially did, like what I interpreted it as doing, is it sort of displaces the current bit of physical reality into a separate duplicate copy realm Mm -hmm. so you could completely destroy everything within that barrier and it doesn't affect anything on the outside world and that's basically what the mirror world was in there right but in that in that what would happen though is if you were to kill the person that created the barrier the barrier would collapse and all that damage would immediately happen to that Mm. space so there there was a risk reward thing where it's like you 
would potentially risk having the upper hand because you would take time to channel this barrier to protect the citizens of the city. But if you were to be killed, they, it would all be lost anyway. So right. it was like this sort of thing that happened. And that's sort of how I saw the barrier in this. But as you said, like in, in this, it was like however long you ca- like you would choose the size you tried to generate. But here it seemed like you were just phased and, and, but I mean, I think uh, it was sort of explained that way that the mirror world is a barrier that exists on our plane, but we can't see it. Yeah. And you've just moved from one. It's sort of like it's like the astral projection, but you bring your physical body there as well. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they have free range. Like they could theoretically go to the mirror world and then hop on a plane and fly to yeah. <laughs> Australia and they'd still be in the mirror world. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what that's because that's how they were like running around the city and stuff like that. So it's hard to tell. Uh, but yeah, there was weird things about like who can and can't manipulate things inside and outside of the barriers. And yeah. um, that was a little confusing, but yeah, uh, again, as a, as a stylistic way of representing a mental fight, it's very cool, but I yeah. feel like, it is more than that. There is a physical reality to what they're doing, and they're physically inflicting damage. Yeah, that, yeah. That's something I don't totally understand the rules of. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so one, one thing the film didn't do, and I, I assume just by the, by the trailer, um, and uh, it didn't do it at all, and I can't tell whether I'm disappointed that they didn't, um, because it might not have been, like, it might have been another thing that feels like it's borrowing from things, but uh, in... Did you watch all of Lost? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, remember there there was the character of uh, Daniel Faraday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How once they reach that point where they have a split timeline, spo- minor spoilers for like one of the twentieth seasons of Lost. Um, in that split timeline, Faraday is a scientist in one timeline and then a musician in the other timeline, mm-hmm. and there is this connection between them like they're both extremely gifted one's gifted at science but music is also math mm-hmm. and like it, it it implied that that both versions of him in those different alternate whatever they were supposed to be in had the same gift but throughout their life had applied it in different ways mm-hmm. so i kind of expected just based on the trailer this story was like because the story talks about there being like several different dimensions that all exist and they're interconnected and stuff i assume that one of the reasons strange had this strength and this ability to tap in is the same thing that made him a good doctor gave him those same gifts in the magical realm and like the you know there's that scene where he (laughs) he's talking with ancient one and she like he's like he's like oh yeah, that's why I was such a good doctor. And she's like, no, you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they kind of implied that like this character trait makes you strong-willed enough to achieve in both these areas. But there wasn't like a, an actual, like there wasn't a separate version of him in another dimension that is where he was gaining this power from unknowingly, right? right. And I don't know if that would even make sense, but I just, for some reason I felt like he, in this plane, he destroys his hands and he can't be a doctor anymore, but he's still connected to the versions of him that are great at other things. Like, I, I don't know. I, I kind of assume there's going to be something like a, a linking dimensional thing, but yeah, it didn't do that. Um, that's just a, I, just wanted to I, sh- I was not <laughs> remotely considering <laughs> other dimensions of <laughs> his character existing. I, I will say, I feel like the messaging of the film without going into spoilers is a little unclear. Like that, there are some things he learns from the ancient one yeah. about how does the world work and what is important and what is not important, 
And at one point, it appears to be applying yourself and opening your imagination and, you know, focusing your energies. And then elsewhere, it seems to be more about selflessness. And the, the main quote is, it's not about you. And like recognizing that being a, a big power that unlocks things. But I felt like by the, by the time that message comes through, his character has ostensibly already changed from who he was at the beginning of the film. Yeah. It, it feels like it's a moral that applies to the character we saw, who's the asshole with all the watches. <laughs> but it maybe <laughs> by the time the moral gets presented, he is not that person anymore. Yeah, yeah. So it, it did have a little bit of a strange kind of moralizing feel. Strange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it, yeah. No, it, it does. I mean, the, the the other weird thing, too, is he seems to be like when he finds out it, it seems to be in the same scene that he finds out what is like what is why he was sort of given the unlocked ability to do all this stuff. Like, hey, by the way, we're recruiting you. And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't want this job. <laughs> right. Like uh -huh. he, he, he goes through the I don't want this job and the. I'm taking the job, like, all in one scene. <laughs> right. Well that, well, that is weird, is half of the movie is one scene, basically. Yeah, yeah. And not, not literally one scene, but it takes place over the course of an hour or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so that's one of the things that felt kind of squeezed in, is they needed to have this character arc. And they do a thing where there's the broad character arc. It's the same with sitcoms, right, where a sitcom will have a character that has to get from point A to point B, but they have, like, two seasons or three seasons they want to do it over. Yeah, yeah. But then every episode also has to get from point A to point B. So you'll watch the character start from A and go up to B and then go back down to A again, and you watch them kind of frustratingly do the same thing yeah. over and over and over again because they need, you know, local emotional weight and they also need this broader arc. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like he does that where, like, he's an asshole, but then he's humbled and he needs help, but he's an asshole, but he's humbled and needs help, but he's an asshole, but he's humbled and needs help. And it, uh, th it just didn't ring true to me. And I know that isn't the point of these movies, but they, it, it takes me out of it. when I want to see just one character progression. Then I can take for granted he's become a superhero. He's not a conflicted hero. This isn't the DC universe. He yeah. can just be a hero and then put him in a crazy situation. Yeah. I, I will say, though, that is the one thing that sort of sort of bothered me, is the, is the putting him in a crazy situation and him even... Even like even if he could barely handle himself in the situation, he handles himself way too well. Yeah, like he doesn't handle himself like proficiently, but still like it, it's one thing to have him cast something that he needs in an emergency situation, like you know, like Harry Potter, yeah, like Harry casting Potter a Patronus when he needs to or something, right? Like that, I'm fine with because it's like the situation caused him to unlock, or like that. that you know, that's a big trope in things. Like mm. you know, there's a, a lot of um, other stories, like even in, in uh, Avatar, um, The Legend of Korra, mm -hmm. there's things where part of the struggle is can she unlock certain abilities? And, you know, given the right circumstances, those may be things that she might be able to unlock. Yeah. Um, so it, it, that's a thing that, like, I would like to have seen more because while we do see him getting stronger, right? Like, at first, he can't even manifest the portal to transport to another air location. And then, like, pretty quickly, he's, like, sneaking around and using the portals to do, like, yeah. shenanigans and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and that's cool. Like, I like that. That feels like a good progression, right? Um, the problem is we never see him fighting. Right. And then he gets in a situation where he's he's thrown up against the big bad. Yeah. Um, 
who has killed plenty of other people who have been studying at this temple for years. Yeah. And (laughs) he is already his equal almost. Like, not not quite, but, you know, there are a few deus ex machina things that come in, but not enough. And then because the whole second half of the film is like over the course of an hour or something. Yeah. yeah. By the end, he is Mr. Confident. Boom. I got this, you guys. Yeah. And that I, I feel like they sweep it all under the rug of, oh, well, he's a genius. And oh, he has a photographic memory. Yeah, yeah. And he read a lot of books on karate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, they, they do, luckily, they do give him, I'll say, a companion. Sure. <laughs> to help him in scenarios where he might not be proficient enough to help himself. Um, and it, it, it provides some, some comedy and it provides some, like, explanations for why he's not getting killed <laughs> at every turn of the scene, right? Right. Um, but I think that it, it is definitely missing some scenes of him training legitimate fighting. You get the one scene where <laughs> where he's like, oh, show me fight like your life depends on it because one day it might. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it, it, it I could have used a little better progression of him becoming like... Uh, whatever Master Strange or whatever, yeah. whatever. What is the Sensei Strange? What What was the? Is it Master? She wanted to say Master Strange. Yeah, Master Strange. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe that's what <laughs> Master Doctor. <laughs> the The film works extremely well if it is showing me magic, right? If that is the arc, is hey, magic is a thing. Let me get you introduced <laughs> to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if the arc is what Doctor Strange goes through, I feel like it falls a little flat because he. He he's witnessing this world with us, but I didn't whatever journey he goes through. I feel like he already made it in the first 30 minutes and then they just had yeah. to make him make it over and over again to make his character interesting. Yeah. So and Rachel McAdams, by the way, I want her to have a movie where she does something because right now she is just <laughs> the love interest of people who can travel through time. <laughs> About time, time traveler's wife, midnight in Paris. <laughs> that is true. That, How many movies is she just the damsel while the guy is like mastering time and space? It, it, it will, it will eventually run out of concepts for her to do. <laughs> and then she'll start rebooting her own films. Yeah, and uh, she's already been the love interest of Sherlock too. So I feel like she, I don't know, she's yeah. just the love interest. Well, the so the other thing, which is semi-related, but I won't talk too much about how it's related Mm -hmm. uh there was an interesting phenomenon that happened to this film that kind of bugged me Uh, by the end of it i was fine with how it works but uh there is something which i'm going to call chekhov's deus ex machina (laughs) where they establish something which could have been the answer to four things Mm -hmm. but because it's the answer to the ending (laughs) yeah they just don't use it but right. there are, like, several opportunities to use it. Well, so Harry, Harry Potter also suffered this problem in their movie, which I won't say the number because it might give something away, where they have a similar deus ex machina. And the moment you realize it could be used, there are all these more consequential things that feel like, yeah, I don't... Is that, is that a time where they were spinning their wheels? Yes, yes. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, but but other other times in, in that series, the Deus Ex Machina of like a hat shows up with a sword in it in the right. first one, right? It's not like he was carrying a hat with a sword in it the whole time, and then he just decides to use it at the end. This is like literally halfway through the film, they go like, "Hey, here's a hat with a sword in it. 
use this. Mm-hmm. And then he, there's like 20 times where he's like, ah, oh, sure would be great Too if we had some that way. Too bad things just happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. It's like, it's like, ah, oh, I spilled my coffee. Right. Wish I had something that could unspill coffee. So w- without, without going into spoilers, there's at least one, there's one event that I cannot fathom why shortly after he decides to use this deus ex machina yeah and i don't know why he doesn't just use it a little further <laughs> yeah, yeah like m- give some more some more machina <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but yeah that, that so it's one of those things where it's like they introduce a thing and i'm and then like something happens i'm like <gasps> use the thing like <laughs> so how it, it's going to be hard without going into spoilers but how do you feel about the ending I I liked it because it, it it's it's an intelligent person using their smarts in a way that makes them equivalently stronger than they are. Mm-hmm. Um it's your ideal board game player. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it, it, he found the hack. Yeah, yeah, it, it's somebody who it's it like he is Spock in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like he like literally. Yeah, he he, he pulls a Spock uh, at the end of uh, the second reboot Star Trek movie. I, right? I will say, other than a few lines in the middle of the film, I don't know if they established enough about what this power could be to make me believe he already knows for sure how to exploit it. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's he took a thing... Uh, so, so he, okay, so here's the thing is, mm-hmm. he exploited a thing that a separate character said to him. Right. And in the real world, even in a fake real world, mm-hmm. one character describing something in their own words doth not m- a rule for that universe make. Right. So he... Was gambling big time. Oh yeah, <laughs> that what somebody said to him meant mm-hmm. what he thinks that meant. Yeah, um, because if you were to take the same words and have them spoken from a Christian's mouth mm-hmm. <laughs> about somebody else, yeah, it would not mean the same thing that it does. Right. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, outside of does not mean without. Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, I mean. It, like, Let's say this involves a loop of some kind, and the mechanism for creating said loop is not given in this world where it's established that you need to actually follow a recipe and take actions to cause a thing to happen. Yeah. You can't just will it to be. Yeah, but it's also a... We're given more information about that thing mm, okay, after okay. the scene. Yeah, okay. Which It's going to be too hard, yeah. too hard without spoiler. <laughs> I... Uh, I I was a little on the fence while watching it because it felt it felt like very clever script writing that was so not self-evident that the character had to just explain it out loud a few times. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, but I think I've come around to it. I think it's much more gutsy than having a ending where uh, Iron Man brings the bomb up into the portal and explodes yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Right. It didn't involve people going. Ah! And then it, just like it, it also opened the door for plenty of great Priceline commercials. Of uh, <laughs> I'm not following the, the, the negotiator will be dressed up like uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange. Dormammu, I've come to make a bargain. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I was 
it's put it this way the way it, it when Chekhov's Deus Ex Machina yeah. finally starts to come in the picture, a different film would have just done that, mm-hmm. and instead it has this extension that actually imply that 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 borrow like has something smart happen, and it, it just feels it feels uh, feels better than what I thought they were doing in the moment, right. and it like you you can't not smile, mm-hmm. at least I I couldn't not smile, yeah, yeah, couldn't not smile, yeah, yeah. I was smiling. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> what else you got? Dormammu's so fat. Uh, <laughs> how fat was she? <laughs> when, when she sits around the house, she literally bends time and space <laughs> to make the house be around her. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um... <laughs> When she falls down, you're going to wish you had a mirror dimension <laughs> surrounding her so she doesn't break the asphalt. I don't know. Uh, anyways. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, should we, should we just get to our verdicts? Sure. All right, Steven, is you're going to give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I, if I'm grading on the Marvel scale, which I have to, on the popcorn flick scale, <laughs> this is a must-see film. Uh, I think it... It's one of the strongest entries in the Marvel canon that I've seen in quite a while, at least on the strength of the the universe that it creates, that it promises to show more of in the future. So if you had any inclination to see this movie, you have to see this movie. I don't think it's going to disappoint you. I'm only establishing a bar because if I were evaluating this as like the best film of the year or something, then my nitpicks about character and beats and... Hum- like kind of topical cultural humor that it feels like they lean on as a crutch more than they need to in a few scenes, that would weigh on it more heavily. Yeah. But as, as a popcorn flick, I feel like this totally lives up to the hype. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I would give it a must see. I mean, I I think at this point, like you just watch all the Marvel films. Mm-hmm. Just some are gonna be a little bit better than others. But I I'm really excited to see how this now bleeds back into the rest of the films. Uh, I. I think the magic angle is really, really cool. Um, the magic angle is powerful enough to interact with the others. Um, but like it, it's when you, when you see like the Thors and the Lokis, like these literal gods on, on our plane of existence, it seems kind of unfair, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're like Superman, Superman's yeah. Supersman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Superman. <laughs> yeah, Superman. They, they are like these beings that can't die theoretically. Right. Um, I mean, well, they definitely can't die because you know the way Loki gets thrown away by uh, thrown around by Hulk. Like if a, if a human if that was if that was if that was a Hawkeye, like he'd be gone, right? <laughs> um, but like Doctor Strange very much could die, right? He yeah. he doesn't feel like this unstoppable power. He feels like somebody who very much at any moment could get killed pretty easily. Well, I think the film establishes in a key scene toward the end that people can die in very kind of normal human ways yeah yeah yeah. it's not like a a, nothing special has to happen it doesn't have to be like a nuclear bomb in a space portal Mm -hmm. it could just be a knife a sword a bullet like anything the ground yeah the ground (laughs) speaking of ground have we checked on the sausages uh yeah but uh yeah so so there you go that's the that's the verdicts um 
Uh, but yeah, all, all in all, I, I was I was very I was very happy. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe if we waited two days before we recorded, maybe things would have calmed down. We would but, both hate it. <laughs> yeah. But I think at this point in time, I'm very excited to see where this series goes. Um, you know, the film's ends uh, tease, you know, like the credit sequences tease interactions with sets of characters within the Marvel universe. Um, so I'm very, I'm very, very excited going mm -hmm. forward. So, yeah, cool. Um, that will bring us to the end of this episode of the Spoiler Warning Podcast. Even if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? They can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at spoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Um, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Star Trek Beyond. Oh, wait, sorry. I mean, uh, this is the soundtrack to <laughs> Doctor Strange. I still I still say those two, two themes are exactly the same. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, hopefully you're enjoying one of those themes um, playing right now. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're going to take off and uh, hopefully go to sleep soon. As it is now, 1.08 a.m. I have one question that you might know as yes. a nerd. Uh, do Nightcrawler and Doctor Strange both manipulate the same other dimension? I don't think, because I think Night Nightcrawler is just purely a mutant. It's not magic. Well, I believe he is the spawn of a demon, that guy... Uh, the, the guy in Days of Future Past. No, the one before Days of Future Past. First Past. Yeah, but was that guy actually a demon or was he just demonic looking from his mutant? I think he's actually a demon. I think he's actually like a demon who's been around forever. Well, to answer your first question, and I don't know. <laughs> spoilers. Pretty sure he banged Mystique and that's where Nightcrawler came from. Um, I think that sounds like a thing that I've heard before. Yeah. Um, but uh, one question I have for you follow up this film is it weird watching a film with another, a character named Steven and just constantly having people say the name Steven I don't know I mean I've watched so many this isn't even my first film with a skeptical scientist named Steven who gets gravely injured so <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of Stevens out there um, it's, no it's weird. not just a Steven film with a person who loses the use of his hands and has to write his name as he loses right and learns that the universe is more deep and interesting than he thought yeah ah uh, man it's interesting theory <laughs> uh, but no I do sometimes I'm not because I, I I feel like there's not a whole lot of films even though like Christopher is a very common name in the real world mm -hmm. I feel like less and less characters like it was like watching the imitation game bringing yeah. it back to Benedict Cumberbatch when the, the computer was called Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> there, it, there's a little bit of weirdness. I don't know, for some reason, it, it like, because your brain triggers on your own name hearing it, and then... Right. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was only mildly weird. I'm, I'm used to it. There's it, only one character. They're like, damn it, Steven, you are an asshole. <laughs> and then you're like, what? What did I do? What did I do? I'm not... Oh, it's right. I mean, name. he wasn't pining for someone named Steven in this movie, so... I did make you more self-conscious about your watch collection. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's true. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're going to take off. Uh, 
So, yeah. Talk to everybody later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.